Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the pump pump. Really, this is you what you're doing? Idea? This is what you're doing? Jake, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Lamar Jackson may not play. Tua will not play. Those are going to be two gut stompings on Sunday. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome to Braves Country all here on WQEE and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. I'm Mac McGee. Doug is on the way. We're going to be talking a lot of NFL playoffs. Uh, Steven was supposed to be here. Hit me up about five, ten minutes before the show started, and Hims has a tummy ache, so we will we will dodge him this week, but he she'll probably be back this Saturday. Um, let's get into what's going on in the world of sports, as Kobe Bryant would say, Steven Soft, but we knew that he's a hurricane fan, right? Okay. The biggest news I think that came out today, we kind of expected it, but you didn't know for sure. Tua is out. He will not play this weekend for the Dolphins. That line, and I mentioned this earlier in the week, if you really liked the Bills and you didn't think Tua was going to play, you better grab it now because that line has ballooned, and I mean ballooned, all the way to 13 points, 13 and a half on some boards. It's going to get to 14 by the time we hit kickoff. There's no doubt about it. You'll see some correction. You'll see some people come in on Miami and probably, you know, the, the quote unquote sharps are going to feel like this is over, over adjustment. But right now it's in Caesars right now. Uh, I checked bet us. I checked Bovada. I checked, uh, about seven or eight different books and they're all hovering around 13 points. So basically what I'm saying is if you're going to take this game and you like Buffalo, you better grab it now because I do believe they're going to push this all the way up to an even two touchdowns. And you might even get 14 and a half. If you have watched the Miami Dolphins play at all for the last two months, even with Tua, 
the only win that they've had. Here are the only wins that the Miami Dolphins have mustered since since after week eight of the season. Now realize that week eight of the season, they were sitting pretty at five and three. Since then, they they won a very close game in Chicago against the worst team in football with the Bears. Beat them 35-32 in Chicago. They won a convincing game against a very bad Browns team. 39-17. But the Browns realistically, wins-wise, got worse when Deshaun Watson joined the team and started but from a logical standpoint, and you see the team, how they play, they're going to get better. It was just, it was one of those things that the Browns are going to have to do. Then you take, let's take the last seven games of the season. They had a five game losing streak sandwiched by a win against the Texans and a win against the, the lowly Jets with Joe Flacco at quarterback. And they won that game 11 to six. That was actually a give me score at the end. It was really nine to six. They did the, uh, what, what does Scott Van Pelt call it? The, the, uh, pitchy woo woo or whatever it is he calls it. But at the end of the game where you're laddling it, I always call it the Stanford band. And there, there was a safety at the end. So really Miami nine to six, they didn't score an offensive touchdown it was three field goals and a safety how they got to 11 and they're going to go into orchard park with that revved up fan base there's a very good chance demar hamlin's going to be at the stadium he was released from the hospital earlier this week he's back in buffalo I don't know if they'll have him come onto the field. That might be a little too much for him, but there's a very good chance that he's going to be sitting in the owner's box, be able to wave to the crowd, whatever. That place is going to be going bananas. I grabbed them much earlier in the week. That line at one point got down to eight, but I'm telling you now, you may it may sound like a high spread. The Miami Dolphins are going to get absolutely embarrassed by the Buffalo bills and the bills will run that score up. It's a divisional game. These two teams do not like each other. And if they have a chance to run that score up, it is on. And you look at who they're going to have at quarterback. It's Skylar Thompson, Mike McDaniels, the head coach of the Miami dolphins commented today that they are going forward, expecting Skylar Thompson to start which means it won't even be Teddy Bridgewater, who's a game manager. Skylar Thompson is a wing and a prayer. He was 20 of 31 for 152 yards against the Dolphins. So he is the, oh, excuse me, for the Dolphins against the Jets. And this is at home. So he is the ultimate check down Charlie. Miami's running game is going to be hurting. Raheem Mostert, once again, did not practice. I don't think he's going to play. And that's going to get overshadowed. Jalen Waddell is questionable. 
I think he'll probably make a go of it. But what are they going to get out of Jalen Waddle? He had five catches for 44 yards. Tyreek Hill, who is arguably the best wide receiver, he's definitely the most dangerous wide receiver in the NFL. The best at this point might be Justin Jefferson, but the, the most dangerous is Tyreek Hill. He had two catches for 23 yards. Two catches for 23 yards. And I'm looking here, they didn't even attempt a jet sweep or anything. So they got, he had five targets. This is going to be a disaster. This is going to be the worst game of the weekend, and it's not even going to be particularly close. So whatever you have go on Sunday, when you know when you, you know when you get out of church or whatever it is you do on Sunday mornings, don't rush to the television, my friends. Don't rush to the television because this is going to be snoozeville. I'm planning on doing anything but watching this game and getting home. We'll say third quarter, fourth quarter, and get ready for the uh, Vikings and Giants, which should be a fun game. I know the Vikings have a lot of firepower, and folks are going to be leaning on the Vikings minus three. Proceed with caution with that one. The New York Giants played the Twins close just a couple of weeks ago in Minnesota. Took, took what, a 62-yarder, 62-yard field goal at the gun to beat him? That's probably not happening twice. And you're going to have a fully rested Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones, everyone snoozes on this guy and laughs at him and scoffs at him because he doesn't go out and put the big, big numbers out offensively through through the air, but Daniel Jones can hurt you on the ground. So Daniel Jones will find a way to move the ball. More importantly, Brian Dayball, I believe, is going to be the key to this whole thing. And if you watched any of the Giants-Colts game, I think you're or skimmed over how, however you, you know, there's, there's so many ways to absorb sports nowadays. Watch those condensed games, or you can watch them live, play by play, or maybe you caught it on the uh, on the red zone. But Daniel Jones in that game, that was a uh, that is how I believe they want the game to go. Obviously, the Colts are terrible, but the Colts do have, have a good defense. Daniel Jones threw for 177 yards, two touchdowns, 19 to 24. He's kind of a check down, Charlie. He's a little, you know, you, honestly, Skylar Thompson is a raw version of what Daniel Jones is. He's never going to lead the league in passing. Daniel Jones, I'm speaking of. But if you build a good defense around him, which the Giants have, if you give him a running game, which the Giants have, and you have a a coach in Brian Dayball, who I, if he doesn't win coach of the year, it's fixed. It's rigged. It'd be an absolute joke. If Brian Dayball does not win coach of the year, he took a terrible giants team from last year 
And honestly, you can argue a worse roster this year. He mentioned in all the preseason this was going to be a hard fight, a rebuild. There's going to be games where he thought the Giants may lose a lot of games, big games. He wasn't sure how this week, how this year was going to unfold. But what he did was he navigated his way into the playoffs, and for a Giants fan base who has been absolutely foaming at the mouth to get back to the playoffs, much like the Jacksonville Jaguars get into them in a second. Brian Dayball, to me, is the coach of the year, and it's not even close. At that same token, Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars is the second best coach of the year pick and that's not really close. I feel like it is one. There's no one a it's one it's two. And then way down below that you go three through 10. What Doug Peterson did was absolutely phenomenal in Jacksonville. He's rejuvenated that fan base. He's rejuvenated that city really is very, very uh, impressive. What he has done. It's impressive what all of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the front office, what they what they brought in. And remember something about the Jaguars next year going into 2023? They're going to add Calvin Ridley. And you Atlanta sports fans know how good he is. We know he got in trouble with the with the uh the football gambling. I didn't necessarily think that he needed to be suspended for life like they did with Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe Jackson, obviously, in baseball. But I did understand that they had to come down hard because with with legalized gambling being everywhere in the country now, you they had to send a message. But Calvin Ridley's going to come back next year. And he is going to be a sight for sore eyes when you talk about when you talk about what the what the Jacksonville Jaguar offense is going to be in 2023. Week one, 2023. Everybody's healthy. That's going to be a scary bunch, y'all. If they're able to bring back Aaron Ingram. You know, he signed a one-year $10, $10 million deal. Don't know if he'll be able to come back, but you're going to have Kirk. You're going to have Zay Jones. You're going to have Ridley now. They're going to try to bring Ingram back, and I think Ingram wants to stay. Ingram had has finally flourished in this offense, and then you look at that, that, that running back room, Travis Etienne, now there there might be some some losses and more importantly some additions, especially through the draft. I think Jacksonville will go out and try to get a running back that can run in between the tackles and get the the short yards, not just not just the goal line. We're talking about it's third and two from the forty, and you don't necessarily want to have ETN going in there and getting banged up. So I do think they're going to go out and try to get 
more of a uh, a bolt. It's not. It doesn't have to be Derrick Henry, but I think of guys that had long careers that are guys who may even be available. You you think of a guy like a like a Zach Moss or just someone who can stick his nose in there and get the first down. So Jacksonville is going to be very very dangerous. They're going to be hosting the Chargers. But back to that Dolphins game, that is just, it's going to be an absolute snore fest. I would be shocked if Skylar Thompson can go into Buffalo and cover that spread. Cover that spread, stay within four. How are they going to move the ball? How are they going to move the ball? They couldn't move the ball against the Jets, and the Jets' offense was being led by Flacco. So instead, they're going to try to get into a a shootout against Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo Bills. Like Sean Connery said in The Untouchables, they're going to be bringing a, a knife to a gunfight. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more NFL news and notes. There, there's some injuries. There's also a question, what's going on in New York with the Jets? What is going on with that offense? And why haven't they made a decision? We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country, on Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, and WQEE. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It all starts with just one thing. When recycling, rinse out jars and cans and avoid recycling wax paper or paper soiled with food. This will reduce recycling contamination. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern right here on the key and youtube.com at Braves Country. 
Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com slash GA. NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. San Francisco shotgun, pack plenty of pop. This revolutionary formation was devised by Red Hickey in 1960, and initially, it stunned fans as well as foes. The first time we, we shifted into the formation, the whole fans, they went, ooh, they didn't know what was happening. It had been in the paper that we were going to use some kind of a spread formation, but they had no idea how extreme it was going to be. The shotgun induced confusion and aroused curiosity. Well, naturally, the whole press corps wanted to know, what are you doing when you spread out like that? What do, what do you call this? And uh, been an old country boy myself, I used the word shotgun. And why I did, I'll never know other than I say being a country boy, and I did a lot of hunting my, my days, and, and I knew what a splatter load was with a, a double-barrel shotgun. So I just said it, it's kind of like using a shotgun. You spread out and just start firing. Armchair. Welcome back. Enjoying your up day. We are right around the corner for from uh, the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Looking forward to bringing the show to you Saturday afternoon, three o'clock Eastern to four thirty Eastern on WQEE and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. We're going to be bringing you the kickoff show should have a lot of fun and uh got a lot got a lot of we, we got some different stuff that we're going to do that we haven't done before that we're going to have some fun with with the nfl playoffs one of them that, that i'm really looking forward to is the is the fake fan draft and we'll explain all that on saturday but three to four thirty first game of the weekend is four thirty four thirty eastern that is and it's going to be 49ers, Seahawks, and if you would have looked at it on paper, that looked like one of the biggest mismatches of the entire weekend, possibly the, the biggest matchup of the biggest mismatch of the entire weekend. But this news that Tua is definitely not going to play, and they have changed their tune from yesterday evening. There were all these tweets coming out saying that Lamar Jackson was trending towards playing, which I had a hard time believing. And now they're doing the old flippity flop. And Adam Schefter tweeted out 
essentially that it's going to be an uphill battle for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in like six weeks. To think that he's just going to roll out there and you're going to put him in the lineup and let's go. This isn't Madden. You're not just plugging in a video game and you find out that a guy is missing four weeks. If you've played Madden, you know what I'm talking about. And when he comes off the injury list, okay, let's go. Let's put him in there. And he, and all his attributes go back up to the top. That's not what this is. This is, this is a kid that first of all, has never been a very accurate passer to begin with. And then, and then when you add on to the fact he's missed six, six weeks, it will be. It's not just the accuracy of the passing that you're worried about, but it's the rhythm of the offense and that offense specifically because it is built around his talents, his ability to run the football and for them to send send several running backs in different directions. It, he wouldn't just come back and roll out of bed and throw for 250, rush for 80, and get in the end zone through the air and on the ground four or five times. It's, it's That's just not how it works. You saw how rusty Jalen Hurts was, and for my money, he's still the NFL MVP. I don't care what all this other nonsense coming from the other. Look. Jalen Hurts, if you think he's not the NFL MVP, that explained to me a couple of things. A, they were ridiculously dominant before he went out. They had one loss. Ridiculously dominant. Then, then he misses two weeks. Two weeks. And they can't buy a win. Both of them were close losses. And in one week... The offense scored quite a bit in, on the road in Dallas, but Dallas's defense is not what it was at the beginning of the year. They got to tighten that up, by the way. We'll get into that. And then they come home against the Saints and should have been able to move the ball. The Saints have a solid defense, but, but, but as bad as that offense was, they had so many opportunities. But the Eagles were going three and out, three and out, three and out. Then he comes back. And I get the Giants were, were benching a lot of guys, but you only bench so many. It's only a 53-man roster. It's not a 98-man roster. So he comes out, and they did struggle, but he got the win, and it was a convincing win. I understand they scored a late touchdown, and they had an opportunity on an onside kick to maybe put a scare into them. But really, at that point, it did not matter. Because if you look at the totality of the situation, if they were getting alerts, the Cowboys were toast. They were down three touchdowns with four minutes left with when that onside kick took place. And the Vikings had gotten blown out. So Jalen Hurts is, is the most valuable player. And if you don't think he is, Get over yourself. I don't know what you're... It's either A, you hate the Eagles. B, you don't like Hurts because either A, you're, you hate Alabama or you hate Oklahoma. I don't know what it is, but it's a fun offense to watch. I'm a Titans fan, 
primarily, and I still say AJ Brown is fun to watch with the Eagles. How is he not? You can still be a fan and still appreciate the athlete. You got to be able to separate the Jersey sometime. No, you may not pull for a team to win. Although I, I could care less about the Eagles. I, I don't care if they win or lose. I, it's not that, but I'm thinking of other instances in sports where you may really hate a team, but maybe you like the athlete. Maybe you, especially in, in today's world with fantasy football, fantasy baseball, there's a lot of those situations a lot of the situations where I can easily separate being a fan of my team, but still being a fan of an athlete. Now, sometimes things line up and your favorite athletes on your favorite team or your least favorites athletes on your least favorite team. That, that, that's my case with the Lakers and LeBron James. Can't stand LeBron James over LeBron James. If I have to hear one more time how LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, ugh, get out of here. If you think LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, you simply didn't watch Michael Jordan play. If you don't understand that Michael Jordan Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were the three best players in the NBA. And I know a lot of people will try and tell you that Jordan was head and shoulders above Bird and Johnson. It's not the case. If you're saying that you you didn't watch that, you didn't watch him play. You didn't, you did not grow up in that era. So you really don't understand. So I can't even understand your argument. If you grew up telling me and you say, man, Jordan's the best bird magic. They're nothing. It's because when you started watching the NBA at that point, bird and magic were on their way out and Jordan was just starting to come into his prime. Cause I've got a couple of friends like that. They're, they're a little younger than me, not by much, but a little younger and their first memories of the NBA was essentially the beginning of the run of Jordan's bulls. But Jordan's Bulls in the 90s, the reason why it took them till then to start winning their championships, they couldn't get past the Pistons. They couldn't get past the Celtics. They couldn't get past the Lakers. And they finally got, got through that ceiling, broke that glass ceiling, as they call it. Then they became very dominant for a long period of time, and you cannot doubt that greatness. But those three NBA players are right there. And even though I hated the Lakers, man, I was a big Magic. I'm still a big Magic Johnson fan. Was not a fan of the Bulls, but I could appreciate Michael Jordan. So you go into this week and you start looking at teams that you may or may not be a fan of. And I've got, I'm in a weird situation because I live on the first coast in Jacksonville, Florida, in Jaguar country. It's hard not to pull for the Jaguars. I've been here for quite some time. I'm not going to pull against them, but I am a Titans fan. So last Saturday night, I was pulling for, for Tennessee, even though I knew 
it's better for Tennessee to, to lose that game. They've got the 11th pick of the, of the draft and let's go and let the Jaguars go in there and get some NFL playoff experience. Not going to do Titans any good. Not one single bit. And I still say that Dobbs fumble was not a fumble. The ball was still in his hand and his arm was going forward. And if you're going to reverse the tuck rule for Brady and Oakland, that should have been an incomplete pass for Dobbs. But I move on and realize that it's an exciting week for the Jacksonville Jaguar fans. And I am a fan of Trevor Lawrence. I do like to watch Travis Etienne play. And Travis Etienne played for Clemson. I'm not a Clemson fan by any stretch of the imagination. Trevor Lawrence played for Clemson. They were teammates. I'm not a, I know. But I can separate the fact that one plays, that, that they, that, that they, made a terrible choice for their college and now they're in the NFL. That's how I look at it. I pulled for Tim Tebow when he was at Denver. I thought it was a great story. Loved it. Was not a Tim Tebow fan when he was in college. Are you kidding me? So I guess going into this weekend, what, what what I'm looking at is when I look at some of these, these teams and the players that I like, you know, I, you know, I grew up a dolphins fan, but no longer is, is my allegiance here. I never lived in the area. It was just at the time when you grew up in, in Florida at the time, you had two teams on TV. The one o'clock game was the Miami dolphins and Dan Marino. The four o'clock game was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and wherever schleb they pushed out there that year. And I didn't want to be sitting in the house at four o'clock. So I typically, and I'm talking about, this is when I was a young kid. I typically would watch the first half of the dolphins. Then me and my friends would go out and play. We go play football or whatever sport we wanted to play out in the yard, out, out at the park at, at the local park. Sometimes we would play the early game and I'd get back in time to catch the dolphins in the, in the third and fourth quarter. But when I moved away and this was before, the the NFL Sunday ticket and moved into the Nashville area, it became increasingly more difficult to follow the, the Dolphins because they were never on TV in Nashville, Tennessee. And then when they did Dan Marino dirty, Dave Wanstead, when he did Marino dirty, I, I stopped pulling for him right then. So I still hung in there with the Dolphins for close to 10 years after moving to Nashville. But when they did one step dirty, I quit pulling for the Dolphins. And at that same time, they came with that goofy, cartoony-looking Dolphin. They've sharpened it up a little bit, but the, it's still terrible. It's still a terrible helmet. The original helmet they wore in the 70s and the 80s and in the into the 90s. That was the Dolphins helmet. The, what they wear now, it looks like something that we splashed on Nickelodeon screen. But with that being said, I'm, I, I like watching Tua to Tyreek Hill. It's a, it's a fun connection. Tua to Waddle. But we're not going to get that on Sunday. We're going to get... Ugh. 
We're going to get, I t- I'll tell you what we're going to get. We're going to get a bunch of check down Charlie, some bubble screens. They're going to hope that they can break, break a tackle. And the Buffalo Bills are going to mash them. The Giants and Vikings, I've always been kind of a Giants fan in the NFC. It's a long story on that. Won't bore you with that. But so I am pulling for the Giants on Sunday. But man, I am a big fan of a lot of the players that play for the the Vikings. And how can you not be? Because when when you get involved in fantasy football, you start you start paying attention to the player, not the not the team. Justin Jefferson is a fun player to watch. Dalvin Cook, we'll see if they can get him going. He, he's been kind of struggling from the line, but but he's been a really good running back. Ravens, I am not a Ravens fan by any stretch of the imagination. But I really like watching watching Lamar Jackson do his thing, but I don't think we're going to get that this, this Sunday. I think we're going to get Joe Burrow, who I've become a bigger and bigger fan of, and Jamar Chase. How can you not be a fan of that connection? Along with T. Higgins. That entire Joe Mixon, that entire offense is just built to go. I I just got a feeling Sunday's gonna be a dud. It's gonna be sandwiched between the two. You're gonna get the one o'clock game, Bills, Dolphins minus 13. You've got the Bengals, Ravens minus eight. And if you like that line, you better jump on it because Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's going to play. We're sitting here on Wednesday. He hasn't practiced one time. The line has moved from six and a half to eight. And as soon as they come out with he's out, I think you're going to get very similar situation where he's going to be worth four to five points. You're going to see that line go somewhere around where the Dolphins bills is right now at 13. A lot of a lot of Viking fans are on the cliff right now and talking about how they just feel like they're going to lose. They feel like they're going to lose. I don't think that's the case. I think the Vikings probably will beat the Giants. I'm just pulling for Saquon Barkley and the Daniel Jones and re- really like Brian Dayball and see if this team of mosh posh misfits can find their way into the next round. They're not going to the Super Bowl. This is, don't get me wrong. This is not going to be an Eli Manning type story where they just keep winning and you don't understand why. They there's a there's a sports clock on the Giants and I think it's this round and then that's where they're going to meet their match. Cuz they can find a way to beat the Vikings in Minnesota maybe but they're not going into San Fran and they're not going into Philly and winning. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, more NFL playoff talk. Take a look at a couple of the lines that have moved once again. And Doug's on the way. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD. Why do you keep your mouth shut? I'm not taking off my clothes today. I'm styling and profiling. You just be glad I'm here looking the way I look. Armchair. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. 
Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. This it's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 9.1 FM WQEE. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Want to chime in? Give us a call. 678-960-9700. That's 678-960-9700. Well, the season's finally here, and some players hit the field. And every man feels like a boy, and every wife could kill. He's been flying beer since August, running hot, running cold. And 30 friends are on alert, that's all the dental holds. He's the armchair. Welcome back. He's full of beer, and he's full of snacks. He's the armchair. You want to sound off 678-960-9700, 678-960-9700. Keep the lines open here for a minute. Uh, NFL, a couple things that have been going down here recently. When you when you look at the, the NFL lines that have moved, one of the ones that I'm a little leery of is that line money has moved towards the Cowboys. They are now a two and a half point favorite. They was down to two yesterday. And I'm a little surprised by this. I know the Bucks have looked bad. They've been very kind of schlepping around. And it's not that I don't think that the Cowboys can win the game because they definitely can. But that is a sticky wicket there, my friend, because you're talking about Monday night football on the road to face Tom Brady. And that Cowboys offense has sputtered. It looked darn right awful. And the Buccaneers' defense has actually played pretty well over the last month. 
On the flip side of that, the Cowboys offense, I think is what's leading to the Cowboys defense being so bad. Cowboys defense giving a big chunk yardage and they're doing it late in the games. And some of it, I believe has got some, has got to do with the fact they're getting worn down because the Cowboys offense is not doing look. If they want to go on a run in the playoffs, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to win the battle between the tackles, move the ball on the ground, take advantage of the open receivers. They can move the ball through the air, but you don't want Dak Prescott back there throwing 50 times. He's far from a check down. Charlie He's a very good passer. He's an accurate passer, but there are times where he just kind of makes the wrong call at the wrong time. But when you get, when you start mixing in that run game, And they got to pull the safeties up. And next thing you know, CeeDee Lamb's out there one-on-one. You've got a real chance to move the ball. I mean, a real chance to move the ball. And if you could make the Bucks one-dimensional, which they've been this year, you got a chance to go in to Tampa Bay and win the game. But if that line keeps pushing towards Tampa and it gets to three, three and a half, I'm keeping an eye on that because I'm I'm ready to go all in on the on the bucks and the points. I don't think I'm gonna go hero ball and take the money line because I, I, I but if I can get a, a field goal in my back pocket and a Monday night game that if Dallas does win, I don't think they win by much. I don't think it's a game where they dominate. I think they they win by one score, and I'm and I'd be willing to hedge my bet that that one score is going to be a field goal and not a touchdown. Tom Brady, very competitive. He finally woke up and found Mike Evans a couple of weeks ago. Evans should be ready to roll. We'll see what happens. But Evans didn't play in in the game against Atlanta, but they, they used Leonard Ford very sparingly last week because they're they are they are saving up playoff Lenny as they call him, and Leonard Fournette is going to be the workhorse in that game. I don't care what you've seen out of Rashad White. If you're doing DFS fantasy or or doing any kind of prop bets, they are going to lean on Leonard Fournette because he's been there before. He's done it before. He's proven he's done it before. And Tom Brady always leans on the guys that he trusts. It's why in the playoffs, you always see him go to Edelman. You see him go to Welker. He wasn't trying to stretch the field. Other than that one year with Randy Moss, he wasn't trying to stretch the field. It's going to be the same situation. In the best case scenario for the Tampa Bay Bucks would be to go out there and get an early lead and then you make Dak Prescott one-dimensional. But they've got two really good running backs. And you rarely see them put him in the backfield at the same time, and I don't know why they – why. I don't know why. 
I think it would be extremely advantageous if you have if two running backs with Zeke and, T- and Tony Pollard. Both of them catch well out of the backfield, too, by the way. There are so many things you can do with the play action wheel route. And it's just one more headache, one more wrinkle that the defensive coordinator's got to do something. Oh, playing them this week. Now we got to deal with this. So you've got the the NFL playoffs. on the horizon. And I do wonder how many people out there when the playoffs are done. Now I'm old school. I'm going to point towards spring training. Let's go. But that's because I'm a huge baseball head and there are going to be other fans that are going to pivot to where the NBA or the NHL, depending on what your favorite team is there. You usually have one or the other. There's very few people that are fans of both. Have you ever noticed that with NBA and NHL fans? They're usually fans of one or the other. If you grew up in the Northeast or obviously in Canada, you're probably a hockey guy. If you grew up New York and south of New York, all the way out to the West Coast, you're probably a basketball guy. Because it's got to be darn near impossible to follow. If you are, let's say, let's say you were sitting in Chicago, and we've got a couple of contributors who, who who are fans of both. But I do feel like if you if you paint them into a corner, they're going to say that they're basketball guys. Now we've got a guy who one of our contributors, Justin, who's a. Uh, lives in Nashville and he's a hockey guy because he didn't grow up around basketball. He he's got the, the predators, but I feel like if you, if you have the choice of one or the other, it really comes down to where are you from? But with that being said, so, so you're going to have that going on. You're going to be, have, you're going to have those of us that I start pointing towards baseball season, but I do start paying a little more attention to college basketball watch a little right now, but I get, get much more invested when football season is absolutely gone. And then you start getting the big matchups and kind of getting ready for March madness and all that kind of stuff. And I'll definitely be watching the Vols this year. Florida State's terrible. I'll, I'll be watching the Vols this year. I did watch Georgia the other night. They're, they're really not that bad. I, I, I really think Georgia's got a chance to start building something there. But the XFL and USFL are on the way. They're right there on the horizon. I'm curious if if there are a lot of people who are excited about that or if it's going to be more of the, eh, eh. I guess I'll flip it on and see what's going on. And the XFL is starting right after the Super Bowl. I believe it's the very next weekend after the Super Bowl. USFL is going to wait till April. And whoever has been in charge of marketing the USFL to this point has swung and missed repeatedly. Last year, 
They debuted the league and they kept the whole thing in Birmingham. There were no fans in the stands. Now there were fans allowed to come to the stands, but they sold it as well. We were worried about the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. So we didn't want to get in these different cities and come to find out. You So they had them all playing in a bubble. Essentially, It was basically, it was like the NBA season in 2020 and nobody watched it. It was ridiculously boring. It was absolutely mind-numbing to have to watch that. I wonder how many fans are going to actually give them a, a second shot. Now, the USFL comes in, and they're going to have what? I guess that's about a six-week jump start on, on, the, on the USFL that the XFL will be. The XFL is going to come in and pulling up their schedule right now. I want to double check their actual first day. It is February. So yeah, so it's the Saturday directly after the Super Bowl. And if you're wondering about those teams, by the way, there are, it looks like that they've got just eight teams. I thought they had more than that, but I'm only seeing. I'm seeing four games a week, so that's got to be what it is. I can't imagine any of them are taking the first way. I can't imagine they're implementing a bye at the beginning of the season. So right now you got the, the Vegas Vipers the Arlington Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks. I really like their logo. They've got a sharp logo. Orlando Guardians. Eh. Their logo, uh, it looks like I possibly drew it. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this one. St. Louis Battlehawks. It's a cool name. The logo I could take or give. San Antonio Brahmas, Seattle Sea Dragons. That's too much like the Kraken. What is going on with that? Uh, and the and the DC Defenders. So San Antonio, Texas, Houston, Texas, St. Louis, Missouri, Seattle, Washington, DC. So you do have one team on the East Coast. Orlando, Houston. Was it, what was it? Oh, Vegas, another West coast, Midwest. I guess that's really West coast in Arlington. And I'm assuming that's Arlington, Virginia, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but they are, they're going to be playing the very week after the Super Bowl. And so conversely, the USFL, they begin, let's see what their first, first of all, the USFL, they have, well, this is weird. They have it broken up as there's eight teams. Or is that nine teams? Tampa Bay bandits are on hiatus in 2023. What? I don't even know what that means. 
I'm already starting to lose interest in the USFL. You got a team who's on hiatus. So you've got eight teams. It's New Orleans, Memphis, Houston, Birmingham, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New England, and Michigan. So what it really feels like is that the XFL is a little more West Coast and the US, USFL is going to be more East Coast. Though you have a couple of East Coast teams in the XFL, most of them are out West. And you do, and the only team that you could consider possibly a Western team, which they aren't really, is the Houston Gamblers. And they had an opportunity to grab fans like me who grew up with the USFL. I mean, I'm one of those few cats out there that actually went to went to USFL games. I remember seeing the Jacksonville Bulls and the uh, New Jersey Generals back in the early 80s. We went out there and watched uh, the Generals came to town and we watched Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie. Now, I remember it was an incredible game. And I remember, biggest thing I remember is that the refs blew the field goal call, but back then you didn't have replay but already i'm thinking to myself what is this they're on hiatus like what is that you just just gotta shut the team down the only thing i'm thinking of is it someone else has agreed to buy the team but they can't get it together yet or there's a combination of the fact that they won't have the even number of teams but the the usfl not playing until april 16th wow All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more on the world of football. we got some baseball stuff to touch on on here around the break, and Doug's on the way to talk some NFL playoffs. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. Keep it locked in. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Carlos Correa passes his physical this morning and signs with the Minnesota Twins. Six-year deal worth $200 million and a four-year vesting option that could make it worth 270. Boston Red Sox' Trevor Story will miss most of the season after Tommy John surgery. The shortstop-turned-second baseman is expected to fill the six-hole and now is expected to be back well after the All-Star game. The naming rights deal between FTX and Miami-Dade County was terminated Wednesday by federal bankruptcy court, a move that allows the collapsed cryptocurrency exchange brand to be stripped from the arenas where the NBA's Miami plays. All FTX signage and advertising at the arena will be removed. Big news coming out of Tallahassee. Former Florida State running back Trayshawn Ward has committed to Kansas State in the transfer portal, while Florida State brings in South Carolina defensive end Gilbert Edmund. In a very busy evening, Mike Norvell and the Knowles also announced that former NFL defensive back and Miami Dolphins secondary coach Patrick Sertain Sr. has been hired to take over defensive back coach duties for the Seminoles. And the Georgia Bulldogs are the betting favorites to win 
the national title next year. It would be their third in a row. Favorites look like this. Georgia 1, Alabama 2, and Ohio State 3rd. That's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com GA. The NFL playoffs are back. That means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend on WQEE right here in Braves Country. Braves Country's Armchair Quarterback kickoff show will be talking the spreads, over-unders, player props, and DFS, getting you ready for your NFL playoff weekend. 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. Saturdays right here on The Key. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. But if the pain of the 60s seemed greater... And so did the love. If you didn't love the game, you didn't, you didn't, it wasn't any use to play because uh, there wasn't any money in it. I think I played during the era of football as a game. Never thought of myself as a crass mercenary. I thought of myself as an athlete. And how much more fun could a young, oversized fellow out of college have? From the decade's first champion to its last, the 60s presented pro football as a microcosm of a vibrant and changing society on its way to bigger and better things. Welcome back. We are sitting here waiting for the NFL playoffs and you kind of, you know, you, when it happens to you, or at least it happens to me, especially right after the bowl season, 
is you start looking around going, man, what do I do with my weekend? I mean, my weekdays, excuse me. Because you're so used to it. Like, like we got spoiled. It's like two, three weeks there where it felt like there was a game every day. Sometimes we had games in the afternoon in the middle of the week. You got really filled your day. By the way, the college football national championship uh, odds are out. Georgia is is a plus 260 now to repeat, be a three-time back-to-back-to-back national champion in the Caesar Sportsbook now. So some folks have jumped on that. That's wild. 260. You know how hard it is to repeat, and people are hedging their bet that they're going to keep it between the hedges for 2023? Alabama's plus 500. This is on DraftKings. I'm sorry. I think I said Caesars. Ohio State plus 750. Michigan 10 to 1. USC 14 to 1. Clemson 16 to 1. LSU 81. Florida State 20 to 1. Tennessee 22 to 1, along with Texas. And Notre Dame is 25 to 1. Penn State's 25 to 1. Oregon 25 to 1. And Washington Huskies, they're 25 to 1. That's on DraftKings. And if you say, well, well, who would you bet on? I If, if I'm going to give you my money to hold on to for an entire year, I want big odds. So I'm not putting a lot of money on future bets. I never do. But a lot of times I'll put money on, you know, like the Braves to win the division or something like that. And I'll tell you what. That Tennessee 22 to one's really looking good. Cause they had it. They had, they had a very strong argument of being in the national championship playoffs until that debacle in South Carolina, they're going to be a year older, a year wiser. Now they're going to have a little tougher road because they're going to have to go to Gainesville. They're going to have to go to Tuscaloosa. I think they'll get yeah they'll get Georgia at home, but they better figure that game out. They better better figure out a way to win that game. But you got to figure between Georgia and Alabama, Tennessee will probably drop one there. I still think they're light years ahead of Florida. They'll end up, especially now what's going on with the University of Florida. I mean, I mean that is a disaster. That's an absolute disaster. Losing guys in the portal. They had a good recruiting class, but that usually takes a while to mature. They're getting killed in the portal. Last number I saw was the 26 players they lost. Now they brought a few in, but 26. That tells you right there that Billy Ball is not being recepted well by the kids that are there. Now, maybe that's a good thing if you're a Florida fan, but it is for, it is a, an eyebrow raiser. So I think the Vols will win in Gainesville. I I haven't looked at their 2023 schedule yet before I would lay any kind of hay on a futures bet. That is the first thing I would go to is go to the team's schedule and go, well, what does it look like? I know that Florida state 20 to one, um, I would now, now to make the playoffs, maybe, but they're not, you, you, you can't convince me that Florida state is going to make the transformation jump from where they were this year at the end of the year 
And I know they won a couple of really exciting games against Oklahoma and Florida. Oklahoma and Florida are not exactly the Dallas Cowboys, right? As people like to say, well, you're going to make that transformation all the way to winning it all. Ah, They got a lot of kids coming back and they are now ranked number one in the portal, by the way, saw that yesterday and uh, got that big transfer. The, the, the edge rusher from South Carolina. What an incredible, incredible play that was. You know, they ESPN had already broken it the night before that he was a slam dunk heading to LSU. You look at some of these transfer portal rankings, and it really depends on where you go. Like I noticed on three, this become more and more popular. They still have Florida State at fourth. And Auburn three, SMU two, UCLA one. USC is up there. Where is I doubt George is in there because Georgia has not lost many. They also haven't brought many in. They've been building more through the the high school rankings. Georgia's twenty first, but you lost you lost three, you gained two. There's really not much of a of a metric there. And on threes metrics, I looking at that, I'm not a big fan of of the way they do that. That's kind of goofy. But the the transfer portal nowadays, but it, it is becoming incredibly more and more important that you get. active in the transfer portal especially if you're a young coach a young coach is is key because if you are a young coach and what i mean young when i say young what what i mean is if if you haven't had many years at your current job so we'll take billy napier for instance billy billy ball if you're going to try to build it through the high school ranks And he had a top 10 recruiting class this year at Florida. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to get killed in the transfer portal, what's going to end up happening is, yes, you're going to get this high ranking for your your high school recruits because you're going to have many more scholarships to give. But how long is it going to take for you to get all these kids in, develop them, and turn those into the almighty, what everyone cares about is W's on the field, right? Conversely, you look at what Norvell has done, because what Norvell has done at at, at, uh, Tallahassee was just, no, no one saw it coming. And he's done it pretty much through the portal. What he did is he he went in, he took over the disaster that was Willie Taggart and said, look, we got to change the culture. We also got to get better athletes. These athletes we have that Willie Taggart's bringing in because he's just terrible at recruiting. 
His entire staff was just a disaster. We got to get rid of these kids and we got to bring in our own. So he, so that's what he did in the, in the first year, obviously was a wash 2020. We all know that 2021, he brought in a bunch of kids that were ready to roll. Jermaine Johnson comes to mind, obviously. And now 2022, he does it again. And now 2023, he's got a wave coming in. An absolute wave coming in. Because he just got the kid from South Carolina. But then also, if you've been sleeping on this, he got two of the top three tight ends in the country. So that's just, I mean... To me, that whole thing is, is, is just amazing. And what, what Deion Sanders is doing out at Colorado, USC has been very active in the transfer portal. And you know it's got to be easy to go, come on, where are you at? Mill and nowhere, USA. Come on out to sunny California. And you know Southern Cal's got a lot of money. So you know those NIL deals are through the roof. I'm sure their taxes are through the roof too, but you know, those NIL deals are through the roof. I, that's, that's why, that's why UCLA has turned it around. So, cause how many kids who are frustrated wherever they're at, you pick the school. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the school or not, you pick whatever town USA and they go, you know what? You're 18 years old. You're 19, maybe 20. You're like, I can go to LA. Make it big. Go out there and play football. Maybe make a name for myself. But regardless, the way kids are today, they get to Los Angeles. Maybe they have dreams of being in the movie or TV business. Maybe they just want to grow their TikTok followers. Who knows? But you go to LA, you got a lot better chance of doing that. And it's it's going to continue to be interesting. It really comes down to a philosophy. You look, you take Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, who's had phenomenal success, right? But this NIL deal is just new. He hasn't been very receptive to the transfer portal. And he wants to build it through the high school ranks and he's old school. And I think what he's thinking is a, I've built a brand so I can go out and get top recruits and B he's been very stingy as far as saying, I don't want kids coming in here. If you didn't want me out of high school, don't bother. Cause he's trying to draw the line and say, look, if you want to be with me, you, you got to do it at the beginning. And then he has a way in to develop you, et cetera, et cetera. But what he hasn't been hit with yet. And I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but you never know. What he hasn't been hit with is what happens to Dabo Sweeney when he finds out one day that, and it, it not just Dabo, it could happen to Nick Saban. It could happen to, you know, it, it could happen to Kirby smart for that matter. 
Well, what happens when he comes in and he's been so bucking against bringing all these transfers? What happens if he goes in and 15 kids or 26 kids like at Florida, 15 kids go, we're out. We don't like being backups. There's too much competition here. It's gotten too hard. Which, which with, with today's society is very likely to happen. Or I've gotten an NIL offer. They're not supposed to be doing that, but you, but, but they're doing it. There's it's the wild west. They're not, there's no laws going on. And 15, 20 of us are leaving. And you weren't planning on having that many guys leave your program. And the NCAA still has that cap on how many, how many high school scholarships, although they've bent that a little bit because of the portal, but let's say you lose 15 to 20. They take off. You have a good recruiting class, but good Lord, they're 17, 18 years old. I just think Dasbo Sweeney is going Dabo Sweeney, excuse me, uh, is going to have to make sure that he adjusts because you're seeing the younger coaches, even coaches who aren't much younger, even coaches are older than him. But when I say younger, I'm more thinking of younger thinking. They're doing it and they're building it, and he better watch out because he's going to get left behind. I know he had a terrible first year, but I guarantee you, Cristobal will do will do it down in Miami. I'd be shocked if he didn't. He's he's, he's got to do something because his current roster is an absolute dumpster fire. The top transfers right now, by the way, Travis Hunter went to Colorado. No shock, he went with Dion De, to to uh, Jackson State. Devin Leary, the quarterback from NC State, he's headed to Kentucky. Found that interesting. They've never really had a big, big. Uh, offense there but i guess maybe he thinks because of will levis i i'm i'll still be shocked if will levis ends up being big time Desan mccullough linebacker leaving indiana going to ou and dominic lovett leaving missouri to go to georgia and there is offensive lineman by the name of ajani cornelius He's leaving Rhode Island. That may not sound like a big deal. 6'4", 320, sophomore, heading out to Oregon, and that's your top five. We'll probably get into more of this as we go on. we, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Mr. Doug is with us, and we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball and a lot of NFL playoffs. We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on the key in Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Hello there, Frazier. Oh, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. 
It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia. Home of Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering voicelessly. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Armchair. Welcome back. Red Raider Doug with us. Not sporting a ball cap this uh, this day, so you can see that lustrous hair of yours. People listening on radio don't know anything different. By the way, you're muted. Um, there we go. I can normally mute you when I see you come in. Just know that because I, I don't know if I'm gonna get one of those smokers' coughs, you know, drowning sound, not, you know, <laughs> blowing out the speaker. So I, I usually mute you as you come in. But uh, looking good, sir. Nice, nice head of hair there. Yeah, or lack of thereof. How is uh, Wednesday for Red Raider Doug? Oh, so far so good. Doing good, hanging in there. It's always good to be hanging in, not hanging out, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, breaking news, I just put it on the screen. Nelson Cruz signs a one-year deal with the Padres. Of course he did. Every single player goes to the Padres. This is like the equivalent of the NIL deal I was just talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, where's he going to play? 
because he can't play offense anymore. I kind of assumed that they had so many bats on the, on that roster that you kind of had to put, you're going to have to rotate your DH. I haven't seen the numbers on it yet, but I mean, is he, is he down to just platoon? Is he just going to go up against lefties? That's what I, I was going to say. He may be brought in for that specific purpose, I guess. That's about all I could get out of that. That is unbelievable that they get him. I'm a little surprised considering that the Mets didn't go after him after losing out on the Carlos Correa deal, right? Mm-hmm. That that would actually be a good move, so I, I guess that's why that didn't happen. Yep. They are... Uh, Man, I'm going to try to pull up the numbers here to see to see what he signed for. Cuz all I got was the the breaking um Man, Indiana's losing another guy. Dylan Lanier, defensive back for the Hoosiers has entered the transfer portal. So they they've had a couple of decent years, went out and did did okay in the in the uh, high school recruiting, and it didn't go so well this year. So a bunch of these guys are just jumping in the portal and leaving. Yep. That's going to be the biggest boomerang you've ever seen. Indiana going from terrible to, man, they're pretty good to terrible again. That's two major players that they have met, that they have lost in their secondary. And trying to find anything on this, on the actual numbers of this. Let me see if I can just go to who always knows the guy that always knows. Even if he didn't break it, he still reports it. No, he is not, man. He, he must be asleep at the wheel. So let me double check this. You haven't seen the number. Have you? No, I haven't either. And look, I know he's far removed from, from what he's been, but Nelson, <laughs> the very first one I find, I find a, a me, a, a social media picture that someone's put together. Mm-hmm. It's all in Spanish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe the numbers are there, but it, but it's all in Spanish. So I'm like, well, here we go. Uh, I guess the numbers haven't been announced because everyone's just saying one year contract. Yeah, that's yep. That's pretty much what everything. Yep. Now, and there's Padre okay. fans. I don't know about that. There's Padre fans out here on Twitter saying that Nelson Cruz signing means San Diego once again is better than L.A., comparing Nelson Cruz to J.D. Martinez. Oh, I don't know about that. Crimes, <laughs> okay, but J.D. Martinez is still a fairly young man. Nelson Cruz. He's ancient. I mean, let's be honest. 
He's blue plate special in it. Uh-huh. I thought he was going to retire. I, that's why I'm surprised he's even playing. I bet there's a lot of people out there that thought he had retired. Didn't know that he played last year. <laughs> True. And remember last year when he was with the Nationals and he made, and, and they signed him at the beginning of the year, a lot of people figured, I want to say it was a one-year 13. He's not getting that this year. There's no way. No, um, I don't see a number yet, but everyone figured, well, they're signing him to trade him. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he went out there in almost 500 at bats, gave you 10 home runs to a 234 average 64 RBI. And you know, he's not moving anything on the base paths. No. This has got to be straight up just platoon situation. Yeah, that's what I think too. But I'm a little surprised that he decided to go there. The The only thing I can think of is he understands where he's at in his career now and he's chasing a ring. Mm-hmm. You better hope he picked the right one because the Padres aren't going to trade him at the deadline. No. He decided I'm not doing this whole <laughs> Washington national thing again, where I hope I get traded and instead I get stuck on a 55 win team. <laughs> what about that Carlos Correa signing national league? Let's get into that. First of all, what, what, what it means for the national league East, the Mets not getting Correa. I think that puts him down to number three in the division. Yeah. I was going to say with him gone, it puts you, it puts the Braves on top. With uh, the Phillies, the really only worry you have in that division. Yeah, instantly. Not, not that the not that the Mets are are going to be chopped liver. I th- I think the Mets will make the playoffs. I think all three teams will probably make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, but okay. just handicapping at the beginning of the season, I've got to go with. I always say to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I got to put the Braves at, at one, but it's very mm-hmm. slightly in front of the Phillies. I do believe in a 162-game season, the Braves are going to win more games. Yeah, I agree. They've got a better bullpen. They've got a better starting rotation. But their offense won't be what Phillies is. No, no. I I mean, is it fair to say Philly probably has the best offense in baseball? It's it's a fair fair thing to say. Yeah, I would say so. But I still want to see them prove it. Because uh, Phillies have always had promise over the year. I know they won the World Series last year, but let, let's let let's see. I'll, that's kind of quantitative right now. We'll see. See if they can put that all together. What's interesting to me is through all this, I'm looking at the San Diego Padres roster. Let me go to MLB because I'm not sure if this, I assume this one is up to date, but it doesn't look up to date. So let me go over to, uh, but when I look at San Diego's roster, I guess the first thing that I was going to hit with is I get that they went out and got Bogarts and that's a big deal. Yeah. So I'm not questioning that in any, any stretch, right? Mm-hmm. but their active roster 
this can't be there. Okay. I'll just go to 40, man. How about that? The guys that they have available in the outfield. Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Trent Grisham. Yeah. He's okay. Adam Engel and Jose Azacar. That is their offense right now in the outfield. Yeah. That's not very impressive. They've got to be making a move for an outfielder in the offseason. One would think so. But who's out there? That's my question at this point. Who's out there? They went and they signed Matt Carter. Sorry, Matt Carpenter in the offseason. I'm I'm sure a lot of people that slid under the radar. They've got Jake Cronenworth. I think he can play a little outfield, so maybe the plan is to put him in there. Machado, Kim, Rosario. I'm not sure if Rosario can play outfield. Igway Rosario for uh, San Diego. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going off of fantasy baseball knowledge, right? All right. What you see. So they go out and they get Bogarts. Obviously, they'll have Tatis come back at some point. I got a feeling that that's what the plan is now with Tatis. Is they're going to go stick him in the outfield. Yeah, I have, I know already kind of assumed that. I wasn't sure, but I was always assuming that that's what was going to happen with them. That's a strange one, though, isn't it? It is kind of strange, but... There's kind of their situation kind of calls for it. I mean, they're kind of stuck with doing that. He's an elite shortstop. I know. Talking about defender, I'm not even talking about his bat. Right. He's an elite shortstop, and they're gonna. That's just so weird. Like I would have kind of thought after the, after the. uh, the suspension. What, what, what I'm going to guess, he has around 60 games left on his suspension. It's it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. I would have thought after all that dust had settled, that Bogarts would slide over to third and Tatis would be at short. Because Bogarts is a good shortstop, but he's he's not he's not Fernando Tatis. Right. And you're looking at the third baseman. I mean, they've got Cronenworth. I just, man, I'll tell you what. You look at their roster, you look at the Dodgers roster, I'm not not as worried as I have been in years past. No. I still think the Braves, I know a lot of people expected them to do something big. They wouldn't be like, oh, man, we got to go get. Carlos Rodon and this and that and that and this. Biggest thing that I'm waiting to see. So I think Friday is when he officially clears waivers and goes signing with whoever wants. Where does Trevor Bauer finally end up? I don't think it's necessarily going to happen fast. But doesn't that feel like the kind of yak it, stick it to the Dodgers that the Padres would do? Good. But I know there's kind of a rumor and it's, might be a garbage rumor. There's a rumor going around, like the, I would say, the last two hours about Trevor. Somehow, Trevor Bauer may end up with the Blue Jays of all teams. 
It wouldn't shock me. Because the Blue Jays serious about winning, and that's okay with him as a person. It's it, it's it's a brilliant move. It really is. I mean, you're talking about you're going to pay what seven whatever league minimum is this year seven fifty. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are going to play pay the rest of the twenty two million. <sighs> Why not? Well, that's the thing too with the Blue Jays too, uh, and it's especially in the last two hours. There, there's a lot of whisperings going on about a trade between they and the Marlins because the Blue Jays need help um, offensively bad, or I'm sorry, Miami does. And there's a rumor that they would trade Pablo Lopez and another player, maybe Trevor um, uh, Rogers, to the Blue Jays. For Bobachet. Okay, but here's my question: Where are you getting this from? That's got to be from a Miami Marlin fan. Because here, here's the thing: You're going to make a trade for Bobachet. Are you going to pay Bobachet Bobachet money? Well, that's the reason that Miami are. Um, that was uh, that was the big question with this trade because I because I, I think with Bobachet, I think with. Uh, with the Blue Jays, they want to. It, it would not be a bad move for them because they could get under the last two years of that contract. The question is: Is Miami were uh, going to pick that up? Because they would have to in a trade like that. So yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, not only would they have to, but you're going to give up two pitchers there. Who I still think Trevor Rogers probably still has something. He's got to get fixed, but you could still, if nothing else, you can put him in your bullpen, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Pablo Lopez, I think will be fine. And I get what you're saying, why you would do it on an X's and O's, but Mm -hmm. the Miami Marlins don't pay anybody. I mean, anybody. Well, the interesting thing too, with the Marlins is they've got so many starting pitchers and so many, they can afford to get rid of, uh, get rid of, uh, you know, someone like with Rogers and Lopez too. I mean, they they're you do that, you better you better be getting Bichette for long term. I guess is what I'm getting. No, I, I agree with that. I, I get what you're oh, saying about that. He's arbitration eligible for the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do it to put a stop gap to try to make a run this year. They see where they're at next year. Things don't work out. They trade them away. I could see it. See it, but are, I mean, are the, are the are the Blue Jays gonna trade away Bo Bichette? At this point in his career, when he still has three, oh man, I, I don't know if I would do that. Well, again, that, that's the key thing in that. It's a rumor, more yeah. like an idea. And like you said, well, yeah, that's what's fun about the offseason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rumors. We'd all just be staring out the window. <laughs> Is it first pitch yet? What's going on here? We're going to well. be flash when we come back. We're going to get into the NFL playoffs and our lock of the day. Keep it locked in here on the key in Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com slash GA.
Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Hey folks, this is Mark White with The Mark White Show, and you can tune in to The Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. You know what your problem is? Your face. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, wise up, man. You're too good looking. These girls go out with you and they get nervous, man. They feel dumpy. They don't want to compete. The best thing that can happen to you is an industrial accident. All right, hump day. Here on Braves Country. A couple of things I want to make sure I mention. First of all, a buddy of mine who lives in Atlanta, he went to that Shen Young, uh, I think it's Saturday. I could be wrong on the day. But I asked him, I said, hey, because I knew that was one of the sponsors for the key. And I was like, hey, did you like it? He loved it. He could not speak more highly of it. Him and his wife. When he's a big sports fan, I was a little surprised that he missed. Whenever, whenever he went, there was a big game going on. He said, "Hey, sometimes you got to mix it up to keep the wife happy." I was like, "Fair enough." Um, but uh, he, I can't do it justice. But the way he described it, I'm very, very interested. I really want to see if I, I can find a way to go someday. Um, and then the other thing is, we are now available in podcast form. Just started realistically yesterday. Been working out the kinks on that. So the podcast form is usually up uh, within about an hour after the show. And you can find us on easiest one to find us on is Spotify and Podbean. And um, just look for Braves Country HD as well. And obviously you can go back and listen to it on YouTube and all the others. But if you're looking for podcast form, some people prefer that. We had quite the demand. I've gotten a lot of inbox over the last few weeks. So I said, hey, we'll go ahead and start doing it again. And uh, so, yeah, Podbean uh, and Podbean.com, and they've got an app. And then, of course, uh, Spotify. Everybody's familiar with them. Uh, it Braves Country HD. And like I said, it's usually about an app. We're on Apple Podcast, but it's, it's I'm, tr- I'm trying to fix how difficult it is to find us. So. Braves Country HD, uh, wherever you get your podcast, and of course wherever you stream us live, as we're still live. And okay, so the NFL playoffs are upon, upon us. Brian's saying they might as well skip the first round and let the Bengals and Bills hash it out to face Kansas City. Like I'm with you. Look. Not not only is Lamar Jackson most likely not playing, Huntley, Tyler Huntley's not 
practicing. So it looks like it's going to be Anthony Brown again, and that offense is going to be – and I'll tell you something else about that game. Joe Burrow played a pretty bad game for Joe Burrow standards Mm -hmm. last week. Yep. I don't think you're going to get that two weeks in a row. I think they're going to put up points. Are they going to score early and often? And that Anthony Brown-led offense – I don't think Gus Edwards is going to play He's in concussion protocol. He has not practiced all week. So what are they going to do here? They're going to be, I would assume they'll now lean on Dobbins, but they're going to lean on Dobbins and lean on whatever they can get out of Brown. But I mean, at this point, you'd be better off Antonio Brown playing quarterback mm-hmm. so they're they're it's a mess the dolphins have a better roster top to bottom offensively to be able to try and score but i still don't think skylar thompson is going to get more than 10 points on the board no so. no this that's one of the features of a lot's going on there are a lot of teams that are really just glorified punching bags for the other the ravens are just Really just professional targets for whatever the Bengals want to do. And the same thing goes for Miami as well. I I really feel sorry for them though, because both these teams are really gonna go into these matchups. They're gonna it's gonna be a humiliating weekend. The only way either one of those teams finds a way to win, A, they're gonna get a, obviously get have to get a bad performance against or by their opponent. But they're going to have to win the turnover battle, and I mean in a big way. Now, I know everyone's going to say every given Sunday. I get that. But I mean, and I'm talking about you're going to have to have like four to one ratio. You're going to have to get at least three more turnovers than your opponent. That doesn't happen very often in the NFL. No, especially these two defenses that we're referring to. Nice defense isn't going to do that. I mean, like I said, lightning would have to – God would have to hold his hand out for that to happen. So, I, it's one of the rare times where I just say there's no hope. They Both these teams have just absolutely no hope. They've got nothing for these two other teams. So, Bill safety. I hate to say it like that. Huh? Uh, Bill safety, Micah Hyde has started his 21-day IR return, but – Dermot said that he's not going to play. No. And the Jets, what are the Jets doing? They said they're still deliberating on offensive coordinator Michael Floor. Mm-hmm. Something's got to be done there. I don't think there's any way Rob Sala brings back that same offensive coordinator staff. No, there's no way you can. That's. That's a dump. Talk about a dumpster fire. Those, they're they're all, that guy and that entire staff. They 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 need to be in jail for trying to pretend for fraud, trying to pretend like they were offensive, an offensive coordinating crew. They have to do one of two things in the off season. They've got to trade Zach Wilson away. Get a reliable veteran behind Mike White because he it's he appears that he's constantly hurt. I mean, this guy has played about six or seven games in a Jets uniform. This guy's also missed about five or six games via injury where where, where he would have been the starter. 
Well, that's why they were having whisperings about uh, the Raiders are maybe, maybe trying to shop a deal with the Jets to send Carr to uh, to the Jets. Again, another rumor, but but there have been whisperings about that for the last couple of yeah. days. Well, what would that look like? Would that mean that Zach Wilson goes sits behind Stedham or Mike White goes sits behind Stedham? Well, there it'd just be um, I I would think it'd just be a, a straight up trade for draft picks. Maybe give up a second or a third. Okay, or, but, but if or, then that happens, then the Jets have got to move. I mean, you're obviously not going to have three. No, no, uh, you're not. No, they'll they'll move on from Zach Wilson. Probably try try to shop him for a fifth or sixth round pick if the thing about Derek Carr is true. Yeah, now, mind you, really think about calling a team like the Tennessee Titans, who they're kind of stuck right now because they've got a quarterback that they drafted this past year who has no experience, is not ready. They've got another quarterback who it's going to be, it's going to, they would save some money under the cap if they cut him, but is Vrabel willing to do that, right? Right. Mike Vrabel does not come off as the type of coach to me that's just going to pack it in and we're going to tank or we're going to crash for Caleb, right? We're not. I just don't see that happening. No, I don't. So my idea has been you trade for a guy like Zach Wilson or Mike White for that matter. If you trade for Mike White, it's a different type of look. If you trade for Mike White, you're dropping uh, Tannehill, and then you're going to turn around. You're going to try to figure out what you can do with Malik Willis. And because Mike White is so fragile, you're going to have to you're probably going to have to see if you can get Dobbs to back him up. If you go the other route and you go grab Zach Wilson, then you might hang on to Tannehill and let Zach Wilson sit behind him for a year. Cause anyway, you look at it, Zach Wilson and Malik Willis are not ready to step on the field and start as a national football league quarterback week one, 2023. If the Titans were interesting, you, the Titans could do the same thing that I just mentioned with the Jets with Derek Carr. Have Derek Carr go to the Titans. Yeah, I think the problem with that is I, th- I don't think that fixes the Titans. They, they, if they do that, what do they have to give up? Can they fit him under the cap is the other problem. Hmm, it's, much more, it's much more manageable to fit a Mike White or a Zach Wilson under the cap. Right. And because then you're talking about what is car making around 30. And if you cut uh, Tannehill, it's, I think it's 14, five again. So you're talking about 45 against the cap for the quarterback. That's a steep price on the salary cap. And what do you have left to build with? And you're not trading a top draft pick. Cause if you trade a top, top draft pick, what the heck is the point of this whole thing? True. Yeah, because uh, Carr, uh, Carr made—I think he made thirty-four million dollars—and he, if he stays with the Raiders, which I know they—they're not going to keep him past uh, three days past the Super Bowl. He's owed forty million this year on on this contract. 
So yeah, it's, that would be very steep. For one more year, forty million. Yeah, because his overall contract it was a strange contract to begin with. Yeah, it was like a six, no way Tennessee's doing that. Yeah, I I, I, I don't either. Five million for for Derek Carr is essentially what you're doing. Yes, you can't keep yes. Tannehill because if you keep Tannehill, you're going to talking about what seventy million. So yeah, you can't do that. I think I think what makes more sense. You don't see it a lot in the NFL. What about a three team trade? Carr goes to New York. Mike White goes to Tennessee, and draft picks go to the Raiders. Yeah, that does make sense. It it makes too much sense, so it'll never happen. I know, I know. What is your lock of the day, sir? My lock of the day is in that um, we were talking about the playoffs. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are gonna they're gonna kill the the um, the Seahawks. That's my lock. So you're taking the Niners minus the uh, was it yeah. minus ten? Yeah, it's minus like yeah minus ten. Okay, so let me go ahead. I'm trying to pull up the uh, here we go. All right, so Niners minus ten, and. So we're doing stupid underdogs now for the playoffs. And are you going to be there for the three o'clock show on Sunday? I'm I'm sorry, uh, Saturday. Three o'clock. Yeah, sure. Okay. So so then we'll hold off on your, on your uh, stupid underdog then. For, for folks who have missed that note, we're going to be here on the key as well as Braves country HD, wherever you stream uh this saturday live three to four thirty and then we'll also obviously have the uh, podcast replay so and we'll be what that does that leads you right into the kickoff of the first game we're doing that the next couple of uh saturdays and then sunday super bowl sunday and afc championship sunday we're doing a couple of shows and i'll I'll uh, get that information to you as we go, but I didn't, didn't want to confuse people. So next couple of Saturdays, three to four thirty, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. Um, my lock of the day was where is it at? I went ahead and grabbed. Took. I want to make sure I got the number right. I know the team that I picked. I'm not sure about the number. Um, here it is. I took Wake Forest minus eight versus Florida State. Florida State's been absolutely awful in basketball this year. Wake Forest is at home, and I distinctly remember last year Wake Forest boat racing a decent FSU basketball team. So give me Wake Forest minus the eight for my lock of the day. Uh, We are coming up on the end of it. And let me ask you this. Of all the teams this weekend that are underdogs, in the NFL playoffs, what underdog has the best chance of pulling off the upset? They're not much of an underdog, but I was going to say, I think Jacksonville is going to beat San Diego. You, you, you know that line moved up to, to, to plus two today? Yes, I saw that. I saw they that. I'm down to even, so some money came in on San Diego. Mm-hmm. 
West Coast. If San Diego can't stop the run. I just have this feeling Jacksonville's going to pull it out. East Coast, and we're talking about the plus. All oh, this is a little different than it's eight o'clock at night. But man, I'll tell you what. If that was one o'clock Sunday morning, West Coast, East Coast, I'd be hammering the the Jaguars. But eight o'clock gives me pause. Yeah, I do think Jacksonville's got a very good chance of pulling off that upset. Um, of all of them, I think the team that's got the best chance to pull off the upset is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home against Dak Prescott. Interesting. If I was going to rank it, the, the team after that would probably be probably be Jacksonville and right. I mean, just below that is the Giants. That's an interesting game because if they if if they can do what they did in Minnesota during the regular season. With that 448 yards worth of rushing that they did against them, I think it was in week 12, I can't remember. If they do that, Minnesota will win. Or, I mean, Minnesota. I mean, the Giants will win that game. If they establish a run like they did. Walk-off, Doug. Oh, my walk-off is, we're talking about Derek Carr, and I was just talking about the Raiders in general, with all this talk about Tom Brady coming. Has anybody noticed that the New England Patriots have invaded my team? And really, we're just becoming like the Patriots 2.0. I'm waiting for Bill Belichick to end up somehow getting involved with my team. By the time this is all said and done. First name sports is up next. Sports Map Radio tomorrow, 7 to 10. Rhino Radio Penitentiary and Rod Peterson Show Sports Beat. We'll be back 3 to 5. We got to go see ya. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the 5th. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliate.